Mobilaji Dawudu. You are the fashion director at GQ GQ Style. Um, you are a costume designer and a stylist. Yes. Got a lot of things going on, yes. an amazing, impressive career. So let's take it back from the beginning. Um, Virginia is yeah. where you're from, but yeah. tell me about your upbringing with your parents, your mother, your father. I know it was a huge part of your, your career, really. I yeah. I think the way I was raised and where I grew up defined my perspective and my career in a lot of ways. So I was uh, raised as a kid in Nigeria. My dad's from Nigeria, my mother's American, and I went to high school in Virginia. And I moved to New York at 18 to go to a school called LIM, the School for the Business of Fashion. And that's how I started this journey. What sort of informed your interest in fashion? Were you shopping all the time? I know you tell the story of selling dresses for like $150. Like, tell me about your, your early years, your interest in art and fashion. I never really thought about going into fashion. I, I, my earliest memory of wanting to do something, I wanted to be a driver. <laughs> I like cars, right? Oh, wow. And I still like cars. Yeah. But I never, I never thought about fashion as such. I think I lived an interesting life. I mean, I lived in Nigeria as a young child and we used to go to England every summer. We used to come to America every summer. So I think the idea of travel informed my perspective in some ways of the world. Yeah, like I never really wanted to go into fashion. I didn't know. I definitely liked clothes. My parents were very stylish, I would say. But Nigerian culture is very stylish. It's very colorful. People are very much into showing off. <laughs> so I think that must, I definitely have some parts of that in me. My mother also had a small clothing business growing up and was made in Nigeria, but sold in the US. But I never really had a feeling of going into fashion. I used to want to go into culinary arts. I wanted to cook, I wanted to bake. So for me, I was just, I never had a plan. I was just gliding through life the same way I'm gliding through life now. <laughs> So when you turned 18 and it, there were, you made the decision of like what school you wanted to go okay, to? Okay, so when yeah. I, first of all, I barely graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> so after I left high school, I, um, I didn't, I thought that, it, I thought at 17 years old, it was foolish of me to think that I would know what I wanted to do. So I went to community college first in the DC area. My sister was going to college, I moved with her. And then one day I was in community college and I saw this booklet for a fashion school in New York. And I was like, this is my chance to get away, to go to New York. I always wanted to go to New York. I used to go to New York when I was young and hang out on my spring break, on my summer holidays. So it was just by chance that I saw this, this booklet and I went to visit the school and I ended up going to the school. This isn't one of those stories where from the beginning, from childhood, you're like, I want to be the next whoever designer and like it was very much by chance but you had an you had a sense of style and yeah, and was, you loved fashion in a way well i, I had a sense of style i like to look good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what i thought was looking good but i never had and i still don't have a concept or an idea of i still don't know what i want to do <laughs> i'm just i'm just i'm just on the journey to be honest with you yeah and i went to school for fashion for the it was fashion marketing, and I went to school for about a year and a half. I don't really remember, because when I got to New York, New York took over and I was going out. I worked at Dolce Gabbana. Okay, the beginning of my fashion career, of my opening to actually designer and styling, I worked at the Dolce Gabbana DMG store in Soho, in downtown Manhattan. And while I worked there, I was going to school. 
And then I ended up being an intern at the showroom. And that was the first time I was an intern at the DNG showroom. And that was the first time that I even knew what styling was actually. Like the idea of someone dressing something, someone from magazines or dressing a, a celebrity. So that was the first, that was my aha moment, so to speak. I want to like zero in on that retail experience though. Like, what did you take away in terms of like interest? Because we talk a lot about your interest in human and just people and personality. So that interaction with customers, that interaction with styling, that interaction with what sells and what doesn't sell, how did that kind of inform you going forward in terms of how people fit in with fashion? So let's hone in on D&G for a second, that time there. How did retail inform the rest of your career and styling? Well, I think uh, retail informed my, well, D&G informed my idea of uh, luxury goods because it was, the, it was the first time I really inter interacted with luxury goods and that customer. So, I mean, I was a salesperson and I think that a lot of styling has to do with selling. But you have to convince someone that they should wear something and they should buy it. So that very much informed my career. And then after retail, I went on to assist. For maybe one year, I didn't assist, sty assist styling that long. Maybe one year. And then I started working at The Fader. And you were at The Fader for a little over 10 years yeah. as the fashion a contributing fashion editor. So tell me about that that um, that journey for you. The Fader was interesting because I think it informed my point of view for styling. So at the Fader, I think we traveled to about 29 or 30 countries in my time there. And what we used to do was a photographer and I would go around the world and we would take a bag of designer clothes and we would explore a city and walk around and street cast people. So it's very interesting. So styling for me became about traveling and meeting people and just having a journey, an interesting time. And the clothing was secondary. So it kind of, it kind of pushed my styling skills because they're not models. It's like you see someone, you think they're interesting and you dress them with what you have. And you have to be kind of an, an extrovert to be able to do that too, to approach people. That, that sort of interaction is important though. Like, can you speak to that in terms of being personable when being a stylist? Well, to, to street cast, yeah. especially in foreign countries, you can't be a creep. <laughs> you have to be an open to people and you have to be convincing and you have to be honest. I think that, uh, I think people relate to honesty and I've always tried to push and be honest and yeah, try to be straight up with how I feel and choices and style so so those 10 years there what do you feel like was your stamp um, when you walk away from that experience at the fader well i think my step at the fader was uh culture you know it was a music magazine the fader was great because it was a music magazine it wasn't a fashion magazine so they let me have free reign i mean i would come up with ideas of like oh let's go to india let's go to serbia i would take road trips in vietnam so because I didn't have the pressure of fashion, fashion brands, it definitely, I definitely bought an international edge, international uh, perspective to the fader. 
Yeah. And how much ahead of time studying do you do of these different places when you're, you know, like, let's go to India, all these, these places that you go to, how much homework are you doing ahead of those trips? Well, I think I'm rooted. I'm a person of history. I like to read about history and I love current events. So I used to pick places based on what was going on in the world, you know, like if I heard about uh, an emerging economy or, or something happening in Vietnam or something happening in India, I would kind of hone in on that and I would go and see what's happening, like go check it out. Yeah. yeah. So fast forward to now, uh, four years, you've been at GQ, GQ Style as a fashion director. Tell us about sort of that transition from the fader to GQ. Okay, before we talk about GQ, in, the, in my fader time, I was doing commercials. If you've ever seen the iconic Apple commercials with silhouettes, I did like three or four of those. During my fader time as well, I, uh, I did about three or four films. Um, I did a lot of commercials. Uh, I did a lot of uh, advertising for Nike. So it was interesting to have a balance and do a lot of different things. Yeah, and one of your films is the cult classic Mother of George. Um, an amazing movie that was um, filmed in New York. Um, and a lot of it is informed by Nigerian fashion and, and clothing and history. So tell us about that process of, of working on that project. Well, Mother of George was like a film that, uh, it's, it's directed by a man named Andrew Dosumu, who is instrumental in my career because our first five years at the theater, we traveled the world and we shot all these editorials. Um, it's something that came about from us traveling and just talking about talking about it on airplanes. Mother of George is basically about Nigerian culture. So Mother of George and dressing Mother of George is really about what I saw as a child or like Nigerian culture and just dressing people from the head ties, the prints, traditional clothing, uh, contemporary clothing. So Mother of George was really like just a canvas to show what I saw growing up or it was a canvas of who I am basically. Yeah, or what I come from, I should say. Yeah, um, and your mother helped too. I think you mentioned that too, she helps. Yeah, she helped with yeah, yeah, awesome. And kind of a similar beat is Queen of Katwe, right? So it's, it's African, it's different area, but it's, you know, how was that process working on that project? That was hardcore. We shot in uh, Uganda and South Africa for four months. And wow, we must have dressed over 5,000 people when it comes to extras and, and, and everything. That was just interesting. I mean, it was really a reflection of the culture. It was a reflection of what was going on there. We actually shot in the actual place in Uganda, the slums of Uganda called Katwe. So it was, it was really mirroring everyday life. So it was interesting. Yeah, and that street casting, that skill, exactly. probably came into play there exactly. as well. Yeah. Well, I think with street casting and all my travels, it was, a natural progression for me to go into film and build characters. Mm. So when we talk about styling for, you know, a magazine versus film versus commercial advertising, mm. tell me your mindset when approaching those three. Okay. Editorial, it's total creativity. It's just about what I like. 100% about what I like. You know, we go on location, the backgrounds I like, casting, the people that speak to me when I see them or the clothes that speak to me. Advertising is marketing, basically, you know? And it's a balance between my work and what the client needs, you know? I actually rather like marketing because it pushes me to 
adapt. It pushes me to adapt and it pushes my creativity because I can't control everything. It's really about me putting a stamp on something that's already set, an agenda that's already in motion. So, I mean, what is the difference? I don't know. I mean, and then film is a character, right? So, I mean, that again, there's parameters as well, but you still find a way to, to show your own, you know, put your stamp on it. Yeah, well, I think the, one of the important things through all of styling is collaborating. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to uh, work with people who you communicate with well. I think it's important to work with people who understand you well, who understand your perspective and vice versa. So I think that is a key element because, you know, in styling and, and visual medium period, it's all about collaboration. You cannot do it by yourself. So the relationships you have are very important. Okay, so GQ. Tell us about your time there as fashion director. What was sort of the, the stamp of, of your style that you wanted to bring to the very much legacy publication? You know, for me, I don't really think so much. I just do. Um, I just thought it could be interesting to have a platform, a bigger platform. And I would say that for GQ, I wanted to diversify it a bit. I wanted to show different parts of the world, different elements of different cultures, you know? I, th I think that, uh, yeah, I wanted to diversify it a bit and just show people. I wanted to, I br I wanted to bring a global perspective to American GQ, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and you see it, you definitely see it, you know, looking at your work in the covers and the editorials, there, there's a definitely a feel of a worldliness, but also, it also feels like everyone is wearing something you'd be comfortable in. Yeah. So tell me about that. You know, you've worked with Brad Pitt, Seth Rogen, Diddy, all these amazing, like huge stars. How do you approach them on set? Like, how do you communicate that? I think I approach them with, with honesty, you know? I also think that I can be convincing. I also lead by example, you know? When I'm, whenever I'm styling, I always dress well, to give an example of <laughs> my perspective of where we're going. So I think, I think your first impressions are very important. And I think it's important to be honest and work with someone, you know? I think it's a two-way street. I think good styling when working with celebrities is a collaboration, you know? I think it's important to not be too, it's, for me, it's important to not be too conceptual because you've never, you don't know these people, you've never met them. So I'm weary of imposing exactly what I want on another human being, especially someone of notoriety and they didn't get there by mistake, you know? and they know what they like. So it's very important to be open and uh, take cues and be open to what they like and collaborate. And how much are you concerned about designer brands and the newest trends when styling? Um, I'm not concerned that much. I mean, there's certain, there's certain times that I have to I have to be very uh, aware of the business aspect of it. But for the most part, I'm not really concerned. Because, I mean, one of, one of the good things is that every season I'm working with new clothes. So in some ways, I define myself with each season. I define what I like with each season. So it's constantly, it's constantly moving, constantly evolving. How would you describe your style, like in, in a couple of words? I would describe my styling as comfortable, 
colorful and wearable. I like the idea of being able to wear things. I like wearable style. Are you someone who finds yourself at, you know, front row at, you know, fashion shows every week? Or are you very much a showroom guy? You like to touch, you feel? What's your relationship with the clothing? I'm very much an outside guy. I don't, you know, I've been to a lot of fashion shows in my life. I like going to fashion shows. I don't have to go to fashion shows all the time. I find that I find my inspiration from just traveling and people in general and things that I see. So I do like to touch clothes. I don't shop online. I really don't shop. I don't like shopping at all, actually. Yeah, because I, I think I deal with clothes so much in my free time, I kind of want to chill. <laughs> and where are you finding inspiration? Do you find inspiration in film and in music? Like what kind of informs, what keeps you excited about? Well, I think I, think I find inspiration in a lot of things. I think I find inspiration in everyday life. I love riding the train in New York. I love, I love going to Nigeria and seeing kids in the street. I love, I'm also like history person. I love old movies, you know, I watch old movies. I search online for old images, you know, books. But I don't really know where it comes from. I mean, I can't really separate where it's coming from. It's just kind of like everything I see and everything I feel. Tell us about Guava Island. It um, came out in 2019. You worked with Rihanna. Um, it was filmed in Cuba. How was that experience? Oh, wow. Uh, Cuba was a very interesting experience. It was a lovely experience. Um, yeah, Guava Island. The idea of Guava Island, it was a short film and it was supposed to be on an island that doesn't exist. The island was all black, African, and uh, styling-wise, we were open to take our cues from anything, so we could really have done anything. So it was really, I would say that uh, my Nigerian culture and style informed Guava Island a lot. I would say that going to, I've been to Jamaica about 30 times. Yeah, <laughs> I would say going to Jamaica and Caribbean, I mean, I've been to 90 countries plus. I would say that traveling around the world informed Guava Island stylistically because I was able to grab from so many different cultures. And Cuba itself is a special place. So it wasn't, it wasn't hard to find beauty in Cuba, especially with the architecture and the colors. Quite an experience. It is, I mean, the film visually is stunning. Um, a lot of the pieces I know were like handmade and flown from different places all over, sourced from all over. How was the process of just planning the, the style in this ahead of the shoot? Well, it was a bit crazy because there was just so many different elements of it and our numbers of people that we had to dress kept growing and growing. But, uh, and some of our bags were held up in customs by the Cuban authorities. <laughs> I had uh, two uh, designers that were making things while we were there. It was just a combination of a collaboration. I mean, there were some clothes from my closet. There were some clothes that I got on a trip from uh, Senegal, there were clothes from my late father's, a lot of the hats in the movie are from my late father's collection. Some of the clothes, my mother's clothes, my father's clothes, clothes I got in Cuba. So it was really a mishmash of a lot of different things. That's amazing. 100%. Yeah. Wow, wow. And how long was that process of? Uh, about a, a month and a half, okay. maybe about two months. Was there for about six weeks. So about two months I worked on that. It was pretty hectic, to tell you the truth, yeah. But it was fun. It was an adventure for sure. Did the music in any way, you know, influence any part of the fashion that you chose or was it kind of more about the cultural aspect of the I'm, 
I'm not sure whether the music informed it as such, but Cuba is such a vibrant place. I mean, if you've ever been to Cuba, you can't help but being <laughs> affected by the people, the energy, the culture, the music, you know, the environment. Yeah, I don't know what it, I mean, I think life informed it, you know, and our, and where we were informed it. It was a, Cuba's a special place, yeah. so. So, if you were to give advice to young people on being creative, what would you say? I would say being creative. I think that uh, life is like a race. I think work is like a race. I think that you have to train yourself. And I think part of training yourself in the creative field is kind of, uh, yeah, you have to go out and see what you like. I think you have to explore the world. I think it's important to travel. I think it's important to research and do your history about who is doing what you want to do before you were doing it, you know? I think the more you know, the more you're prepared. I think even in some instances, the more you know, the more you could realize that maybe this isn't for you and something close, but in a different avenue might be for you. So I think it's really about learning and like meeting people. I think it's very important, especially in our digital age, I think it's very important to talk to people, you know? DMing someone is not the same as walking up to them and talking to them, you know? Following something, someone on Instagram is one thing, but I think it's important to talk to human beings, you know? As much as the world is digital, it's being operated by human beings. So I think it's important to get to the root of that first. And I think being open and just being free. And I think after that, you just take what you, take what you feel and live how you feel, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but nothing under the sun is new. And so that's why you speak a lot about history and like, you know, that being a huge, you know, influence on what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to know your history. I think it's important to know history, period. I think it's important to know where things come from, because I think that it helps you dictate your feeling on where you think that they should go next. Yeah, the more you know, the more you know, for real. It's like a big deal, you know? Yeah. So when approaching styling, you know, when you have to create a mood board or you have a subject that's been given to you, how do you approach that with a fresh creative perspective? Well, I think it's, it's for me, it's, it's what I would describe seemingly as random, you know? Sometimes, like there's sometimes where, I mean, I'm really attracted to colors and prints, as you can see. Um, and then sometimes I'm like, like I was on the phone with our photo director and I was like, let's do a let's do a story. And the person's wearing all black. You know, it's just random. Like, let's do a story where someone's wearing white. Like, let's do a story in India. It's just random for me. It's random and like, just let's keep going. You know, have the conversation going. And with talent, you know, you've spoken about being comfortable. How does that kind of inform being fresh and, and tying in brands and who you work with, you know? I think you just have to try and stay true to yourself, you know? And I think you have to uh, be adaptable. I think you have to keep it fresh and you have to stay true to yourself, but I think it's also important to be adaptable. You know, I think, well, my job, styling teaches me a lot about stuff that I might not necessarily like, but I learned to like it and I learned to look at things from a different angle, from a different perspective, you know? You have to allow the process of what you're doing also teach you about life 
and it helps with your creativity and it helps with you learning where you want to go or what you want to do or what you want to see that you might not have seen before. It's really just like a soup. You put a whole bunch of things in the soup, boil the soup, see what the soup tastes like. So when we talk about adaptability, um, it ties in with my next question about Tom Ford, who's the CFDI president, um, moving to Los Angeles from New York. What are your thoughts on that move and sort of this booming LA fashion scene? Well, I think that I saw the uh, Tom Ford show. It looked pretty, it looked excellent. <laughs> Tom, he's a master. I think LA is having a moment. I think uh, a lot of people move from LA. I think a lot of people from Europe are moving to LA. I think in our current digital world, <laughs> I think a lot of, the, I mean, we're living in, we're, I mean, there's so many visual, there's so many visuals. There's so many things coming at us, coming at us. There's so much information coming at us. There's so many visuals coming at us. And I think, I mean, LA is the capital of visuals, right? It's Hollywood. So I think, I think there's gotta be a correlation between our world being extremely visual and the power of visuals and the idea or the fact that LA, I think is having a moment. I mean, I don't know why, but it seems, seems like there could be a connection there somewhere. What's your relationship with social media? Oh, I like social media. I think that, I mean, social media is not real life. <laughs> I think it's important to, it's important to say that. Um, yeah, I like social media. I think it can be healthy and equally unhealthy, but I think it's important. I think that uh, social media is very relevant in this, at this time. I mean, it's 2020. Yeah, I think to, I think, like I said before, you have to keep it fresh and you have to keep it current. And social media is what's happening. So I like social media. I think social media has changed the world. I mean, people can protest, you know, people can organize on social media without ever having to meet people, without ever having to go other places. You know, I think their young brands can sell clothes. I can sell something to someone in my basement in New York City I can sell to customers in Australia, I can sell to customers in Kenya. So I think in some ways social media has connected the world and I think it's important. I think we should be careful with it, but that's like with all things, but I think it's important. I'm into social media because I have no choice. <laughs> so I've adapted. Has that, um, has your relationship with social media changed in any way how you style or how you look for designers, up and comers? I'm sure it has in some ways. But I was, it has to have, I mean, it has to. I mean, I think that there's so, there so many visuals coming at us in different ways. Computer, your phone, uh, ads on the train. I'm not sure exactly where it comes from, but it has to have. I mean, if, if I'm consuming it, it 100% has to. But I, I personally, yeah, it has to, yeah. I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it has to. I don't think it's strictly from that. I think it's a balance of a few things. I think it's, like I said, I'm a, I'm a real pusher of human interaction and I like people. And I think, I will always say, I think that that's where first and foremost, my inspiration comes from. But absolutely social media. I can, I mean, I can sit up at night scrolling through my phone for two hours. <laughs> so absolutely. So for young people interested in styling, what would you say is the best sort of way to begin that process? I think it's uh, 
To begin in styling, I think you need to assist. You need to apprentice with someone. I think that is the most important thing, personally. I mean, you have to learn the business. You have to pay your dues. You have to do your time. I do think in styling, one has to be careful of staying an assistant too long, in my opinion, because it's easy to stay an assistant and become comfortable. I think it's very important to assist, but I think at some point, you have to decide how long you're gonna be an assistant, you know? Because I think the amount of time you're an assistant, yeah, it dictates your path, 100%. When do you know you're ready to go solo? I mean, that's something that someone has to ask themselves, but I think that assisting, you need to be aware of where your next move is, you know? I think in creative industry, it's very important to be strategic and also just feel, you know? I think it's important to push to follow your instincts. I mean, I think that goes beyond creativity, I think in general, but yeah, I think that you'll know, but I think you should always ask yourself the question. I think you should always ask yourself the question, what's next? I think part of creativity also is pushing to see what's next or wondering what's next or a certain curiosity. And for a young person, should they feel pressure to have a specific sort of brand or identity when styling, or should it just sort of be about humans and who they're working with? Well, I think you just have to go with your gut. You know, I have to, there's so many different zones of styling. There's celebrity styling, there's editorial styling, there's like commercial styling. You know, I think it just, you have to really follow your path. and. And just, I think it's, once again, I think it's important to see what's out there. The more you see what's out there, the more you can curve out your own path between all these different arenas of styling. Mm. What's one of the best lessons you learned from being a stylist assistant? <laughs> that I wasn't a good assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't assist that long. Fortunately, I had someone who gave me an opportunity and I kind of ran with it. But important lessons. Yeah, listen to the people who give you opportunities. Listen to the folks, you know? Be disciplined. Yeah, one of the important lessons, I think I realized I wasn't a good assistant. But I very much value my time as an assistant and yeah, it taught me the beginnings of what I know now. There's some humility though to it, you know, that as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you're working with people at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah I think it's important like anything, like going to school, it's like, Respect the teacher, respect the foundation. <laughs> so what would you tell students in terms of advice for the future for, them, for their careers? Um, I think that uh, pay attention to current events, keep it current, keep it fresh, work hard, and listen to your teachers. That's what I would say.